It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 402 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, October 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley at RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke on Thursdays, and then a bunch of hosts from across the network hosting every other day on the Locked On NBA feed as well. So if you are interested in what's going on around the league right now, there's a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of great games. If you want to hear recaps on those games, you want to hear about news, find the corresponding local Locked On show for you to get the best local perspective on all those shows. And are on all those teams, sorry. And make sure you're finding those shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, rating, reviewing. It's the best way to support all those shows. It's very, very much appreciated. And you can find this show at Lockdown Raptors on Stitcher, Spotify, all those places as always. And I appreciate the ratings and reviews. It's very, very nice when you leave those. You can also find my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors, if you want to check out some content there. Just did a podcast about Mike James. Uh, we talked about the 2005-06 Mike James season, and it was really fun. Myself and Joe Wolfon spent about 70 minutes or so diving into it. So thank you in advance for checking that one out and leaving a little subscription. Every uh, tier of subscriber can get that episode. So uh, you don't have to donate much. A dollar will do it. Uh, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. And that ends this extremely long intro. And I'm joined now by my guest, a former Locked On Network host, and I'm sure someone who has Mike James tales as well, from A Wolf Among Wolves, from The Athletic, from The Sporting News, is Tim Fackless. How's it going, man? I'm doing all right, Sean. Yeah, right when you mentioned Mike James, I thought about how excited I was as a, as a teenager when I saw on SportsCenter <laughs> that the Timberwolves had signed into this massive deal to be Kevin Garnett's number two. and whew, yeah, I don't think there'll be a podcast about that anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out super well in Minnesota, as we covered on the podcast with Joe yesterday. Uh, what was it, like a season and a half, I guess, before they gave up on that experiment? <laughs> I think most people gave up after about a half a season. Yeah, <laughs> about a season and a half, technically. 
Yeah, that, that's the problem with the guy doing it on the Raptors is no one cared about the Raptors then. No one was watching the Raptors. They were just like, oh, hey, dude with 20 points a game. Hell yeah, let's do it. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, very uh, good way to start this podcast, reminiscing about bad stuff going on with the Wolves because this podcast is mostly going to be about bad stuff going on with the Wolves. The Wolves are in town tomorrow. Raptors take them on, going for their fifth straight win I was going to do a podcast talking about the Charlotte win, but some scheduling got in the way, and also it's pretty much the same stuff we've seen so far. The Raptors are extremely good, and they performed as such against the Hornets. So they got the Wolves coming into town on Wednesday, and I'd like to take an opportunity to kind of dive into what the hell is going on with the Wolves, with the Jimmy Butler saga, and Andrew Wiggins dapping him up, and all of the stuff going on around that crazy-ass team right now. So Tim, I guess my, start, my first question for you is, like, what the hell is going on? Oh, boy. You said this is only going to be a 20-minute podcast. I don't know. You might need to set aside a few more hours. Uh, I don't know, man. It's This is the most confusing team I've ever covered, and last year's team was confusing in its own right. But when you tack on Jimmy Butler trade request rumors coming out to, like, what, a week before training camp, I think, two weeks before training camp, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then training camp happening, no deal getting done. Jimmy Butler coming back to practice, him lighting a fire under everyone's ass during practice and getting reported and going on Rachel Nichols saying he requested a trade four days after the season was over. Uh, all of that happening. And then Butler still starting the season with the Timberwolves. <laughs> and uh, they haven't, I don't know, it's been a really weird start to the year, even on the floor with, I mean, their, their opening loss to San Antonio. Butler looked uh, a little rusty, but, the Spurs didn't, DeMar DeRozan didn't look rusty at all in this. I mean, the Wolves still almost beat him, mm-hmm. despite Butler looking rusty, Carl Anthony Towns falling out after 22 minutes. It was a really strange game. Uh, then they went and beat Cleveland in a little bit more convincing fashion, which was reassuring because Cleveland does not look good. Uh, but then they go and lose to Dallas with Butler out of the lineup. And then yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, they go and beat Indiana mm-hmm. at home. Uh, in convincing fact, a much, much better team than Dallas and Cleveland. So I don't know what to make of this team right now, but uh, with all of the soap opera crap that's going on around it, it's just fitting that their on-court performance makes no sense through four games. What are you expecting to be the end result of the Butler trade request? Because I have kind of thought the entire time that Tibbs is going to be super stubborn and maybe only do it when it's like, the last possible minute at the deadline or something and get nothing back. And maybe he'll get nothing back anyway, regardless of when he trades him because of sort of the baggage he now carries with him as an asset. But like, what do you think? Is he going to get traded? Do you think they're going to ride this out? Is there like a crazy-ass world where somehow they convince Butler that Minnesota's the place he wants to be for the long term? Like, What, what, what do you think is going to be the ultimate end result here? Is there a team that you think it's going to end up with him getting dealt to? Like, What's in sort of your crystal ball right now? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, there have been a million conspiracy theories around this whole trade request that I won't even get into for the sake of this podcast, but uh, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen, what I'm scared is going to happen. I think he's going to get traded right around the trade deadline, right Mm -hmm. when Butler is essentially still saying, no, I want out. And then I think Glenn Taylor at that point is going to step in and say, take the best deal. We're not messing around anymore. Glenn Taylor is the owner of the Timberwolves. Uh, But my fear is that that deadline is going to pass 
and nothing is going to get done, and Jimmy Butler is just going to walk in the offseason, go to Los Angeles or go to, I don't know, Brooklyn, some, New York, something like that, and they'll get no value back for him. My assumption is, remains that the owner is going to make sure that there is value that comes back in return for Jimmy Butler because, I mean, the way the salary cap is set up right now and the way the Wolves' uh, contracts are lined up, it's not like losing Jimmy Butler's $20 million gives them any cap space. They still have Andrew Wiggins on a max deal. Carl Anthony Towns is on a max deal. Ricky Jang's making a whole bunch of money. So even if Butler leaves and then Jeff Teague doesn't pick up his player option and then Taj Gibson leaves, they have no cap room. So yeah. you've got to get something for that to keep that core relatively interesting. We are going to continue on the conversation with Tim Fackless in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is my bookie. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. And usually, what team do I, am I going to bet this week or tonight in the NBA? The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. You know me. I'm kind of an idiot. But if you think you know you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in a given game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. That is an incredible offer, and you get that offer by using the promo code ENTERLOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today, that's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code ENTERLOCKEDON when creating your account to claim that amazing bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's so weird because a year ago, Carl Anthony Towns was like the dude everybody wanted, and he still remains. I mean, it hasn't been like a crazy offensive start for him by any means so far this year, but like he still remains a extremely talented offensive player who I, I like has shown he can probably defend too at times. I I don't know what's happened the last couple years, but I remember his rookie season being like, oh, he can like kind of defend too. This is great. Like they have. A dude with him and Wiggins, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to Wiggins because it's his homecoming tomorrow, and it's always a sad <laughs> occasion when that happens. But like, like, it seems weird that a team with Towns just seems to be so gloomy all the time. And I guess having Butler kind of weighing everything down is, uh, you know, a big sort of complicator of the emotions going on with Wolves fans right now. But like, like, do you feel like it's being wasted almost that you have this dude who is not really producing the same amount of joy that like the same kind of transcendent like first overall pick who's actually kind of worked out type of player should be sort of fostering within the fan base uh partially but i think to a certain degree that reputation he has has been brought on sort of by jimmy's jimmy and tom vibido's mindset so to speak sort of like you need to be obsessed with basketball 24 7 
And if you're not a two-way player, what really are you? Like, Carl Anthony Towns is putting up historic numbers mm-hmm. offensively. He's doing things that no big man has ever done before. So um, at this point, the defense is definitely a problem. Uh, but I think when you talk about a 22-year-old center, I think it's pretty easy. Let me rephrase. When you talk about a 22-year-old center with this high of expectation, when you see him put up historic numbers and you see him shooting 40% from three, you put up 50, 40, 85, and I don't think any big man's done that in, I don't know, in a long time, mm-hmm. if ever. I think it was since Larry Bird or something like that. <laughs> um, the The expectation is, well, if you can do all this, he must be able to defend, right? Like, if he's putting up these crazy numbers, how come he's not leading his team more or less by himself uh, to playoff seed X? He hasn't done that yet. Mm-hmm. So I think people are frustrated, and the lack of defense is definitely part of it. Um, but I think that can come with time, and I think we've, if we want to do super small sample sizes, the start of the season has been the best defense he's played in a long time. He's got, I think, seven blocks in his last couple games. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, he protected the rim better than I think I've ever seen him protect the rim against Indiana in their last game. Victor Oladipo shot, I think, 0-5 at the rim. Miles Turner was more or less irrelevant in the second half. And a lot of that had to do with Towns protecting the rim, and not just with his uh, shot blocking, but after he got a couple blocks, it was pretty clear that it was going to be hard to get shots at the rim, so they were adjusting their shots, and and those shot adjustments were making it tougher to get at the rim. So Mm -hmm. that's the step in the right direction. If he's able to make that a consistent thing, I think we're going to be talking about him in a way that uh, a lot of people were talking about, what, just a couple years ago, like you said. Yeah, I am so extremely on the side of Towns and even Wiggins in this whole thing. Like, I... It doesn't make any sense to me that people are, like, looking at what Jimmy Butler did at that practice and what has gone on so far with, with him and this team and, and, like, and side with Butler. It seems insane to me. So, like, I don't think it's reasonable to expect everyone to care about basketball as much as you, especially when you're Jimmy Butler, when you've admitted that, for, that you, yourself that you care about basketball more than anybody and you're going to try harder than anybody. Like, you can't just reasonably expect that and be sort of viewed as, like, a good teammate or something like that or a good person to work with because... That's unrealistic to expect everyone to care the same amount as you. And I feel like Jimmy Butler has this, like, idealized version of a, of a collection of teammates in his head that just doesn't exist anywhere. And wherever he goes, he's inevitably going to be sort of disappointed with who he ends up with as his teammates because they, too, will not be as in love with being an insane workaholic gym rat the way he is. And so that's why I'm on the side of Towns and Wiggins. Just because they're young, like, they shouldn't have to care about basketball top priority all the time. Like... Just because they had this coach thrust upon them who, I'm not sure your opinion's on Tibbs, but I think he's not done a very good job there. And honestly, like, they seem to show more growth under Sam Mitchell, which is insane because Sam Mitchell's a bad coach. But, like, I, I don't think that they should have to be at this place in their career where they're like, yes, everything about – the only thing I care about is winning. Everything is in the interest of winning. Like, I don't give a damn if Kyle Carl Towns wants to play some Fortnite. Like, go ahead, dude. You're 22. You're an amazing basketball player. You're well-paid, and you're also very good on the court. Like, go nuts. So I, I just – I don't think Jimmy Butler is ever going to find what he's looking for. But I don't know. Where do you come down on the whole side of things? Because it, it just – to me, it seems like Butler's being extremely unreasonable about the teammates thing. Like, the money thing, I know there's some stuff about the extension he didn't get in the offseason. But even then, like, getting giving him an extension in the offseason, as I think Zach Lowe and Rachel Nichols went over on their most recent podcast, like, 
that would have forced him to gut the team as well and not build a roster around him. So I think every way you look at it, I just I can't find a way to be too upset with Towns or Wiggins in this. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I actually just listened to that podcast today, and the general point of all that is you can't talk about how you just want to win, mm-hmm. but then also want the want a max salary that is only attainable when Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Jang, Jeff Teague, and Taj Gibson are either not on the roster or not making the money that they are. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You can't have both. So you got to pick one or the other. Um, but in terms of what side I'm on, um, uh, the whole practice thing, that that whole thing blowing up never really bothered me. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll, I'll go back to that podcast you mentioned. That stuff happens all the time. I don't know if it happens as often now as it did. Um, and I think you can make a strong case that uh, considering that he hadn't been at practice in three weeks, he didn't really have much ground to stand on in terms of going out there and being an asshole. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, if part of his beef has been getting so getting a light, a fire lit under the ass of the younger guys, I, I, I get the approach, I guess. I don't think it was handled very well. Uh, but as far as, yeah, as, as far as, like Wiggins and Towns going and playing Fortnite at night or whatever, or Call of Duty or whatever the heck they're doing. I don't care, man. Like Jimmy Butler has bragged about playing, uh, I think it's dominoes or cards or some sort of <laughs> card game until like four in the morning with his friends. Like what's the difference? I don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't bother me. If you're up until four in the morning doing one thing, what's the difference if it's cards or video games? Maybe there's some some study about like looking at a screen, but I don't <laughs> think there's too big of a difference. Yeah, we're starring in extremely bad Christmas movies. You know, the, the, <laughs> exactly. It's a feather in Towns and Wiggins's cap that they didn't do that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Do you think after this all settles, there's any hope for the Wolves going forward because of Towns? Like, I feel like he should at least sort of provide some bridge. And maybe it just requires Tibbs not being there anymore. Or is it just more of a sort of institutional thing with Glenn Taylor where it's just never going to be okay despite how good Towns is? I think Towns is good enough where the Wolves are not going to stink, like really, be, like really, really bad stink mm-hmm. um, while he's on the roster. But it's going to be hard unless he makes another jump, like I talked about, consistent defense. And I think Wiggins has to figure it out and make a jump himself if they want to continue to uh, contend with Butler off the roster. Because as it stands right now, whatever return they get for Jimmy is not going to be even close to a equal value unless they pull off like an Indiana Oladipo, uh, you know, miracle trade where the mm-hmm. seemingly not great return ends up being maybe even better. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like Towns is the guy that I'm least worried about if they – really want to keep making steps in the right direction, it's going to be on Wiggins. And right now, uh, I, I don't know if it's dangerous to say this on a Toronto podcast, but he's not impressing too many people out here right now. And it's, it's I mean, he's here for the long haul, but he there's a lot that needs to be proven, especially in the offensive end, and especially in terms of shot selection mm-hmm. uh, and shot efficiency. 
before uh, we start talking about him in the same sort of light that his contract represents. Yeah, I don't think you got to worry about offending anybody. People in Toronto and Canada <laughs> have kind of like, first of all, Wiggins hasn't played very much internationally, so like I don't think people are like thrilled about that. I know there's reasons and stuff, but capital R reasons, but he, you know, he hasn't played very much. And, and like the last time I remember him playing, they lost to Venezuela and missed the Olympics as a result, so I don't think anyone's like too choked up about that. And like we have Jamal Murray and RJ Barrett now, and like Kelly Olynyk's doing good stuff. Like he's not our only bastion of hope after Anthony Bennett did whatever Anthony Bennett did. Like it, it's there's other guys there to sort of prop up our hopes of removing our inferiority complex. So Wiggins is not so much of like a drag right. on us anymore. We don't have to like hold him up and believe in him no matter what anymore, which I guess is a, a nice relief. <laughs> um, yeah, like what is the way forward for Wiggins? Like, do you think there is any way to sort of salvage what his contract is or like are you just kind of setting yourself up to kind of expect him to be this dude who is like Rudy Gay light and never really becomes a winning leg I know you don't seem super encouraged but are there any signs at all that he's shown through four games this year or even at like last year because it seemed like in like year two there seemed to be some growth there but it's stagnated or regressed since then and, and I just I wonder what you're seeing on the night side basis. Like, are there any signs that maybe something could turn around here at some point, or is it just a lost cause? I think he's improved defensively quite a bit. I mm-hmm. think he's gone from being a pretty bad defender to average to slightly above average defensively, which is a huge step. Offense, I don't know how much he's improved since his rookie year, and that's kind of the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can salvage his contract uh essentially by I mean it sounds so like NBA 2K or like (laughs) too easy of a fix because Andrew Wiggins is a human being but and maybe I'm crazy but I've said this before I feel like if you just take Andrew Wiggins if you're Tom Thibodeau or Sam Mitchell or Flip Saunders whoever the coach has been in his career and just said okay if you are not in the paint or if you are not behind the three-point line and you are not driving to the basket to attempt a three or a, a, a layup you are passing the ball mm-hmm. because his biggest problem right now is a, a giant chunk of his shots have been for mid-range and last year he lost a bunch of confidence at the free throw line early on and his free throw right dropped so that threat was gone too because he's always been like a 75-80% free throw shooter mm-hmm. uh, thankfully he's been back this year but uh, th- I think that's just that's the biggest thing if he wants to become as close to a max level player as he can with the all the natural talent that he's still obviously has he needs to fix his shot selection that's really what it comes down to for me Mm. he needs to he needs to cut out the kobe bryant impression essentially because it doesn't work for him it hardly worked for kobe it's definitely (laughs) not going to work for andrew wiggins there are very few players that that worked for like demar Derozan is like the one guy that seemed to make that work to a certain degree because he was so good at other things Mm -hmm. but uh wiggins is not there that's kind of where we're at yeah, I guess DeMar's got to be the one guy for Wolves fans to be like, hey, maybe Wiggins can do that because like, oh, DeMar was yeah. a like a horrendous yep. offensive player in terms of efficiency for a long time. And then it really took six, seven years for him to really get refined in that front. And then he became a playmaker. I mean, he was, he's probably always a more of a playmaker than Wiggins, which isn't hard, but he <laughs> like he like it didn't take – it wasn't like a quick thing with him, right? It took a long time for him to refine right. his skills. And, and maybe it's just coaching. Maybe Dwayne Casey was particularly good at that. The Raptors' assistants, like, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure I totally believe in the Wolves coaching staff to, like, help a guy for the future. It seems like they're more of a, hey, do it for me now kind of th- team, but I don't know. Are you over the Tibbs thing? We can wrap it up after this, but are you over the Tibbs thing? Uh, I still see, like, the value in him as a coach. Right. I think that they're always really well prepared. Like, again, despite everything that happened in the off season and in training camp, they looked pretty good against San Antonio, which is pretty shocking. So, like, I, I get the value in Tibbs as a coach. I do not believe in him as, a, as an executive at this point. That's, right. that's kind of where I'm at. I, when, when you hear that your star player wants out, and, I mean, it's been reported that he essentially asked out four days after training camp, or after the uh, series loss to Houston happened, that's a bad look. So, mm-hmm. regardless of when the trade request happened, the fact that he's essentially just saying, no, no, he's not, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> I just don't see a positive end game there. So if, if that's really how he's going to be, then I don't, I don't see a benefit. But then I guess on the other hand, the, the whole Timberwolves thing that everyone's mocking, I mean, Jimmy <laughs> Butler's Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson had a career year last year, and Derrick Rose is looking pretty damn good off yeah. the bench this year, despite lots and lots of criticism from lots of smart writers and then also dumb writers like me who <laughs> i mean just ripped that move to shreds uh he's looking good so maybe there's something to it but unless he somehow pulls a rat out of his hat with this jimmy butler situation it, i just don't see a positive uh, fit conclusion to this right now with him leading the charge if there's one person on the Wolves that I really want to do like a tell-all podcast appearance or like sit-down article with somebody, is Taj Gibson. He's been very quiet throughout this whole thing, and I, I, I'm fascinated to see what he thinks about all of it. He he said at media day that he had, he worked out with Jimmy throughout the summer and knew nothing about a trade request. <laughs> which I could again I could go down a two-hour rabbit hole about theories about this whole thing but <laughs> this whole thing that jimmy said that he said four days after the playoffs that he asked out i think zach well mentioned it i don't i don't buy it at all yeah if his one of his best friends in the whole world Taj gibson didn't know about it i don't believe that it was said because i don't think Jim, jimmy is a straight shooter i don't think he'd randomly keep a secret from his buddy and teammate about that but what do i know? i don't know anything i'm no insider <laughs> um just quick one here, then we'll we'll actually wrap it up. I know I said I would before, but Raptors Wolves uh, Wednesday night. You're probably hearing this Wednesday morning, so I'll say tonight. Um, the what should Raptors fans expect to see from the Wolves in terms of like rotations? Are they going to see five guys play 40 minutes? What's the what's the deal right now? Like, are we going to see Jimmy Butler play? Like it's it seems like a team that's kind of in a flux. Josh Akogi apparently is, is doing stuff now. That's cool. But, like, what do you think is sort of the um, the collection of Wolves and, like, in, in what manner will it look that the Raptors fans can expect to see tomorrow? I think you'll expect to see Jimmy Butler play, mm-hmm. barring uh, something re- regarding injury. I saw him lifting a little bit at one point in, like, the fourth, but he kept playing, so I think he's okay. Uh I know Wiggins is questionable with the, I think it's it's a quad contusion if I recall correctly so yeah. that'll be, remain to be seen but Josh Okogie 
filled in for Wiggins because he missed most of the Indiana game, and he looked really, really good on defense. Mm-hmm. And he was very active on the offensive end. So uh, it's been a nine-man rotation, but he might have earned his, himself a spot sort of as the 10th guy in, in spot minutes. Uh, Jimmy's looked like Jimmy. Carl has looked a little better defensively. He hasn't really had a big offensive night yet, mm-hmm. but um, so maybe maybe he'll be looking to do that on Jonas. I'm not sure. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. I think I think Toronto's obviously a pretty clear favorite, but I mean Wiggins or not Wiggins, uh, Kawhi against Jimmy is a pretty fun matchup, and I think Cat has a good shot at doing some stuff against Jonas. But then on the other hand, I just can't fathom a good scenario where Jeff Teague's guarding Kyle Lowry. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, this might be the most interesting spin on the Raptors starting lineup wheel so far this year, just because there hasn't really been a, I, I guess outside of Love and Thompson, there hasn't really been a front court that like is this big and traditional, I suppose, as Gibson and, and Towns. So I, I would expect we will probably see, I don't even know, like I feel like Serge, if, if Towns is like stretching it out, maybe Serge is the guy they go with to guard Towns, but I feel like that might lead to bad things. If they decide to post Towns up, um, that'll be an interesting one. I would my guess will be I guess Jonas and Pascal, and maybe they kind of invert the roles. Maybe Jonas guards Taj and Pascal guards Towns, but that could also win poorly because Towns extremely good at offense as it turns out, and I'm not sure anyone can really stop him. So um, we'll see exactly where the Raptors front court starters end up being last ne- uh, on Wednesday night. Tim, you'll be yeah. at Tim Fackless on Wednesday night, and also at a Wolf Among Wolves. Other places, do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh, nothing immediately. No, no. All right. <laughs> I'm working on a couple things, but nothing, nothing worth. Uh, I'm working on something about Derek Rose at a Wolf Among Wolves, but okay. Uh, it's still, it's still pretty early in the works. I think it's going to be another few days. Right on. Uh, also, Derek James asked me, "Can you sing your high school fight song?" And he said, "Thanks in advance." I, uh, I sure can. All right, let's do sure it. Sure, I'm not doing it on this podcast. <laughs> Oh, fine. We'll have to bring you back another time. Derek so, and I will have a conversation on Friday. We'll have, to, right. we'll have to build up the loyalty and, and the and the comfortability. We'll have you on the podcast a couple more times, and then maybe you'll do yeah, it one day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe when uh, Kawhi Leonard Jr. is playing for the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's disappointing. Anyway, the, the podcast itself is not disappointing. I've enjoyed this very much, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, listeners, please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show. It's a free-ass show, so your ratings and reviews mean a whole lot in terms of algorithms and make us more visible to help collect more listeners, and uh, I very much appreciate it, as always. Uh, I'll be back again on Wednesday at some point. I'm not exactly sure if I'll do like a recap pod after the Wolves game because I am working for McMaster Basketball during the game, so I might not catch it till Thursday. There will be a podcast at some point talking about that game and other stuff. I'm doing a podcast with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans as well. That'll come up pretty soon. Uh, the reasons for that are strange, but we'll get to that at some point, I'm sure, too. Uh, but until then, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.